Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to Elite, the only podcast dedicated to life in the Elite Ice Hockey League. The Great Britain's men's team are on a day off after their two games against Latvia over the weekend, so we've decided to let them rest ahead of their next two games with Hungary, providing the opposition. So, we've gone behind the mic and enlisted the help of commentator Ed Kimberley, who covered the doubleheader to share his thoughts on the national team after they completed the first part of their World Championship preparations. We are still international on Elite. Ed, firstly, welcome to the show. As we speak, we're two games down in Great Britain's men's uh, preparations for the World Championships. Just briefly, how much did you enjoy the two games over the weekend from what you saw? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Craig, firstly, for having me. And, and those two games were uh, two of the best atmospheres in, in, in a ring that I've called in the in the decade I've been doing this. Um, both uh, the Great Britain fans and the Latvian fans are absolutely superb and um, yeah, you know, great settings in, in, in my home rink, I guess, at the Sky Dome, and uh, it's always good to uh, get behind the mic in the in the Motor Point Arena. That's that, and commentating myself, just when you talk about the atmosphere, it really makes it, doesn't it? It really adds to, to what you're trying to do on top of everything else. Yeah, when, when the uh, when the producer has to trim the uh, the ambient audio in the uh, in the building to not deafen you, it's uh, it's always a good sign. <laughs> so looking back at the two games, what would you say? We'll, we'll go a bit, a bit in a bit more depth shortly, but what would you say are the biggest things the coaching team can take from what they saw over the last two days? Yeah, I, mean, I think they can take a lot out of both games. Um, you know, that's a very good Latvian side. Um, you know, they're 11th in the world for a reason. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure whether it came across on, on the broadcast on uh, on the Nottingham game, but that's such a big team. You know, they're, they're, they're stacked throughout the roster in terms of their size. Um, they've got the speed to match and um, they play a very disruptive kind of hockey. And, and I think one of the big things that, that the coaching staff will be happy with is, is just the way that GB were able to react um, to different scenarios that came their way. And um, playing Latvia on the, the big ice in, in Nottingham, it felt a lot different to playing them uh, on the slightly smaller ice in Coventry. And, you know, it was it was essentially two one-goal hockey games. You know, we, we won one, we lost one. Um, and, yeah, I mean... I, I, I think that's a wonderful uh, stepping stone into uh, into the world. Now, Saturday's game was a tight affair. GB coming through at 3-2 in, in overtime. And I had a quick look at the highlights again this morning. Mm. Josh Waller's opening goal, but that pass from Mark Richardson, that's one of those ones you have to keep watching it just to appreciate how good it was. 
Yeah, no, and, and I think that was one of the things that GB had to adjust to do. Um, Latvia are very disruptive. You know, they make it very hard to uh, to transition up ice. Um, and you know, when when they turn over a puck in in the in the offensive zone, they they jump on it really quickly. You know, they 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 have guys that are getting on the defensemen that are trying to stay in the O zone. So one of the things that GB looked like they were doing really well was uh, having the wingers roll off their assignments and heading up ice. And, and that just stretched out that um, that offensive zone for Latvia a little bit more when when they consider not having the puck, uh, and that opened up a lot of options. And you see, yeah, the the Waller goal was superb, and then I think all three goals uh, on Sunday in the Sky Dome were directly as a result of transition play. And I think when you know you play against the big boys, when you play the likes of the Latvians, you know the Czechs, the Finns, etc., you, you you've got to uh, think on the fly a little bit with what they're going to throw your way and. Um, transitional hockey and, and hitting, uh, hitting teams on the break seems like it's going to be a big plus for GB. Yeah, big night it was for GB. And there was a bit of controversy. Latvia scored what they thought was a, a perfectly good second goal that was uh, wiped off for, for offside. But it got a little bit feisty, a couple of confrontations. I saw Robert mm-hmm. Dowd involved as well. And you have to remember, it is a friendly, <laughs> inverted commas. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I was talking to Andy Buxton about that just before that, that first game in Nottingham. Uh, and, and he said the opposite. He was like, look, guys, you've got to realise these aren't friendlies. Um, these these are exhibition games, but both of these two teams, they're, they're vying for roster spots at the end of the day. And GB brought a slightly longer list, as you might expect, being the host nation here. But um, Latvia, uh, those those guys looking for a place in the world. And, you know, if they don't leave it out all on the ice, then uh, then they might not get selected. Now, they got the equaliser with a minute to go in that game on Saturday. Just when you, you weigh up the, the play as a whole at that point, did you feel like a draw at the end of regulation time? It was maybe fair or maybe it could have maybe it could have been shaded by one team or another? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, I think Latvia outshot GB 2-1 to one in that hockey game. But um, so, you know, in both cases, you know, one goal hockey games, ties, you know, fair. So we don't really get draws very often in, in hockey. Um, so, which is probably a good thing to be honest. You know, I quite like a decider. Um, but look, I think the biggest thing that we'll take away from that as GB is, is again a learning curve. You know, both on on the Saturday and the Sunday, and you know, GB played with a lead and, and ultimately lost the lead. So you know, they have to uh, uh, figure out how to uh, steer the course in those situations. And you know, I, I think Chuck Weber said it a couple of times: the team have got to you know work in some scenarios on how to bend but not break. Now, I didn't see the game on Saturday. I had to kind of play catch-up with it. But I saw the tweet from the, the, the Team GB Ice Hockey account on Twitter. And it actually took me a couple of reads for it to register. Liam Kirk's winning goal came in overtime. But there was an empty net. The Latvians had pulled their goalie. Now, I understand pulling the goalie in overtime is a thing. I've never heard of it before. I've certainly never seen it. Prior to Saturday, had you? Uh, yeah, well, Danny Stewart did it in the... Um... I think it was in the Challenge Cup quarterfinal game against Guildford in the second period, not in overtime, so similar. But no, um, it's a bit of a risky play, as you can probably appreciate. Yeah. Apparently, it's a little bit more common in uh, in some of the uh, elite European leagues, like the KHL, do it sometimes, um, particularly when you're you're a team that are really confident in, in terms of puck possession. But you know, look again, you might see some four on three. So for GB, that's um, that's another thing that they can uh, they can attest to having faced and, and know how to deal with. Um, but look, it's not the World Championships. Uh, although the win would have been nice for the for the Latvian fans, it was nice for the Great Britain fans. Ultimately, you know that the result doesn't necessarily matter too much. You know, I think back to the the playoff final last week, Belfast and Cardiff. I can't imagine Cardiff mm. pulling Ben Bounds if the game had gone to <laughs> overtime in such a situation yeah. like that. That would have been really quite bizarre, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see that scenario materializing unless it's you know. Um, you know, like in the case of Stewie with the Blaze, they they had 
you know, really no other alternative. Uh, they needed to get some goals. It was really late in the second period. And, you know, it, it was the same scenario. They turned over a puck when they didn't think they were going to be able to. And, you know, they, they got hit for it. So the game on Sunday um, at the Sky Dome took a little while to, to get going from what I understand. Ollie Betridge opened the scoring early in the second period to get things going. And I, I love a player who can bury a one-on-one like that. The composure they've got to have, you know, keep themselves level-headed and just basically concentrate on what they've got to do. And I think it looks a lot more difficult than it looks. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I think it's one of those scenarios where, you know, when you're commentating on it, Craig, you, you know, you can set yourself up to... Uh, leading for the anticipation they're going to shoot and hopefully get a great highlight. But uh, yeah, in, in real time, that 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 time just goes so quick. When you pick up the puck at the blue line, you realise you've got daylight, and all of a sudden you've got to make a decision what you're going to do. And, and similarly, you know, with, with Ollie there, and obviously great to, great to see him get on the score sheet wearing the the assistant captain badge that night. Uh, great to see Sean Norris in, in a similar scenario, um, getting a getting a breakaway and having the goalie Vitols come out really aggressively at him uh, to be able to have the composure to take it round him, be in a scenario where he can actually shoot into the empty net. And uh, yeah, great great to see him on his debut get a goal for sure too. And that's the thing, I mean, I've never played the game, but when you, you try and put yourself in that situation, you've not only got to have control of the puck, look where you're going, but focus on what the goalie's doing as well and try and figure out where you're going to place the puck too. I mean, that's a lot going on in a, in a situation that is literally seconds. Yep, and at, and at top speed too, you know, it, it doesn't come any... Uh, any quicker than the international level, for sure. It's the best of the best from every nation. Um, you know, and it was great to see uh, our boys there scoring both scenarios. So Johnny Curran getting on the score sheet as well. He'll get the second goal for GB on Sunday. Well, a comfortable finish, but I think we've got to pay tribute to Josh Waller for what he did in the build-up to that. I think he had about two or three players around him before he was able to release the puck to, to Ben Lake. But it would have been good for you, a Coventry man, to see uh, Johnny got on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, known Johnny for a few years. Um, uh, great guy. You know, he's really he was really excited to be able to represent Great Britain. I, I dropped him a little message last night saying that we were proud of him, and he was, yeah, uh, you know, he was he was still over the moon. But yeah, no, I mean that that line with Johnny and uh, and, and Waller and Lake really seemed to click. Um, you know, you mentioned the build up play by Josh there, and um, really great line goal. You know, anytime you can you can build a play um, up the ice where. The goalie's completely down and out, has, has no chance of making a save. You know, the forwards have done something right as a combination rather than just uh, an individual piece of skill. So, yeah, delighted for Johnny, but, you know, it was, it was a really good line goal all around. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You mentioned Sean Norris there, and obviously his goal. I was going to talk a little bit about that, but you've already covered it. But when you think about the week he's had, I must admit, he was a player when I saw the, the initial squad 
um, announced. He was one that kind of raised my eyebrows. I've not seen too much of him, admittedly. So I, w- I was a little bit um, wondering, you know, about, about his role in there. But he seems to have performed very well. When you think back last week, he played a, a big role in Belfast beating Nottingham in the playoff semi-final as well. I know he's he's been at Milton Keynes Lightning this season. So he's, he's had a really good week, hasn't he? Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I think maybe from, from Sean's perspective, he necessarily doesn't have anything to lose in this scenario. It's great that he gets a little bit of international experience, obviously, you know, doing uh, representing Great Britain the way I do in the commentary. You know, that feels great. I can only imagine what it feels like as, as a player. And, you know, as a 23-year-old, you know, he's got his uh, he goes well, most of his career ahead of him. So he hasn't got anything to lose by laying it all out there, you know, giving Pete, uh, Chuck and, and, and Corey, you know, maybe if not for this year, something to think about for, for next year or, or the year after. Um, and he certainly made a big name for himself. And, you know, I think if you, if you look at the rumour mill on Twitter, which I think starts about 30 seconds after the uh, the, the playoffs finish, um, you know, it looks like he's, uh, he's gaining some interest for the Elite League next year. And, you know, great for him. And in terms of having, you know, the Elite League represented and the, the NIHL represented, I, I think Sean's, a, you know, a, a real... Um, uh, flag bearer for that, you know, Kieran Brown in the roster and, and, and Jordan Headley as well, the uh, uh, the netminder there. Um, I think it's great. It's great representation, not just for Sean, but great representation for uh, for all the leagues in uh, in the UK. And for his goal as well, you've already sort of covered it. The fact there was a kind of more of a, again a one on one kind of situation, but I couldn't I couldn't help but have a chuckle at what the goal he was doing. I get what he was doing, but just in that, just throwing himself so it was virtually at the blue line by the time uh, Sean put the puck past them. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends who your hero is, but you know, you think back to some uh, some saves that Dominic Hashik's made over the years. Um, you know, I've seen some clips of him coming out really aggressively. Um, so I, I don't know, uh, maybe Vitals is, uh, is a big Hashik fan, but look, at the end of the day, it, it works uh, both sides of the coin, right? If you're the forward, you've got a split second to figure out what you're going to do. Um, if you're a goalie and you know you see that's a, almost a 50-50 scenario with a loose puck, you know, Sean didn't have control of it coming across the line; he had to go and win it. Um, so, you know, again, tip of the cap for his hustle there. Um, you know, you, you make a decision and sometimes it's the right one, sometimes it's the wrong one. I guess with Vitals there, it was it was the wrong one. But um, look, you, you, if, if spots and maybes are, are great, I'm sure he's going to sit down with uh, the video coaches there for uh, uh, for Team Latvia and go over that one at some point. But look, if, if he'd have made the save, he'd have poked check that puck out of, uh, out of danger, he'd have been a hero, but it didn't, didn't work out that way. That's it. But the third period got away from GB about Latvia scoring three late goals in that final 20-minute spell. Is that the, the period of the six, or six and a bit rather it was over the weekend, where the coaching mm. team might learn most from when you look at yeah. how, how it's all panned out? Yeah, definitely. Listen, it, it, you don't learn a lot from coasting six, seven, nothing wins every week. You know, it, it, it's hard to learn a lot from that. You learn a lot from the adversity that you face as a team. Um, and I think, you know, GB being in that scenario, like I said, a couple of times where they've had a lead, they've not been able to hang on to it in, you know, key phases of the game will teach them a lot. Um, you know, it will steal them knuckle going into the world championships because, you know, they're not going to be able to coast game six, seven, nothing. It is going to be tight. Um, and, you know, ultimately, if, if, if they uh, are able to achieve uh, their, their goal, which, you know, is undoubtedly to rebound back up into the top uh, into the top division. Um, you know, they're going to have to face even more adversity, you know, when they play teams like Russia, Canada, the States, etc. So I've got to ask you, as Coventry's commentator on their, their web stream and a fan of the Blaze as well, of course, I think that, that's kind of well known. How good was it to see Chuck Weber back behind the bench in the Sky Dome again? Yeah, it was nice. I, I mean, I think I spoke to Chuck a couple of years ago during lockdown when um, we did some you know podcasts similar to this and catch up with guys and 
you know, make sure that we were all still engaged with the Coventry Blaze and the Elite League. And but yeah, I, you know, I don't think I'd seen him since um, we we left the rink um, when Nottingham shut us out in the 2015-2016 playoff final. Um, and yeah, he hadn't changed a bit. But yeah, I mean, Chuck was a really good mentor to me over the couple of years that he was here, and you know, we've stayed in touch a little bit throughout uh, throughout the time that's gone by since. And you know, he, he's a guy with a really good wealth of experience. You know, coaching the NCAA. Um, he's been really successful, obviously, over in the coast in the American League. So, um, yeah, you know, great to see him personally and, and great for him to be able to throw uh, his his uh, his experience and knowledge of the game into the mix for, for GB. I chuck on the, uh, the, the podcast at the, the tail end of last week before the games and he spoke very enthusiastically about the GB programme, the fact he was involved back in 2016. And it seems like he was champing at the bit to get back involved again. And it was good to see that again. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether we take it for granted, you know, being kind of involved, but a, a tiny percentage of coaches get to um, participate in international hockey. So, you know, for, for Chuck, um, you know, I can imagine why this is this is really exciting. And, and then, you know, you, um, you know, you, you throw into the mix there that his son EJ was born over here in, uh, in, in the UK. So, you know, he's always going to have that familial tie um, to uh, to the UK. So, yeah, I, you know. I, I I think it's great for Chuck. You know, it's another experience, and um, yeah, you know, I think he brings a lot to the organisation for sure. So next up, it's Hungary on Tuesday at Milton Keynes, then back in Nottingham on Wednesday to complete the double header before the main event, the World Championships. They begin this weekend. Now the group is going to be cut, but then there's going to be a few players that are going to miss out. Now you've got Corey and Chuck on the bench, Adam Keefe still in Belfast with his wife, um, who's heavily pregnant, Pete still in Germany, finishing off the playoffs over there. They'll be having a Zoom call like us, but they'll start to have an idea of who might get cut for the weekend, won't they? Yeah, I think so. And look, I I kind of feel a little bit for Pete Russell here, because obviously he's in the DEL2 finals. So, you know, he's got to, he's got to focus on that and obviously try and lift some silverware domestically, but also he's got to think internationally about you know what he does in a couple of weeks' time, but yeah, no, I think once the uh, once the week's out here, I think GB will have a, a pretty good idea of um, what who they're going to take uh, into the World Championships uh, next week. And Hungary are, are another top group team. At recent mm. meetings between the, the two countries, have, have kind of gone either way. What do you think GB can expect from the Hungarians when, when they come here? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the, the Hungarian uh, national team play. I must admit, so you know that's that's pretty much my day to day. Craig trying to trying to figure out uh, what they're going to bring, but you know I, I think I imagine they will be playing a very uh, very quick transitional game. Um, you know they've got a lot of players that have uh, got similar experience to Latvia, and they play in a lot of uh, elite European leagues. You know the Österliga, of course, is still considered um, a pretty good uh, league in Europe, which is I guess the the, the home league if you like uh, for the Hungarians. Um, we know they've got good net minding. You know Miklos Reiner played here in uh, in Coventry. I think he's their number one net minder or considered their number one net minder. Um, so, you know, they've got a, a good guy between the pipes, but I, I think time will tell. They've, they've got a really long list um, of, uh, of players uh, that were submitted to, to the GB guys, which uh, got sent over. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's nearly triple figures there. So uh, I guess when they narrow it down as well, and we get to look at a little bit of tape here this afternoon, we'll understand a little bit more of what we're, uh, what we're playing against. I found the, the choice of, of countries that they were playing in, in preparation for the World Championships interesting because as two countries that are in the top group obviously somewhere GB are keen to, to return to again that's going to be ideal preparation when it comes to the world championships they, they know they can play at that level they can compete against these teams as well and that's going to be huge when the, the championships start this weekend yeah no absolutely I mean I think 
if you can play against opposition that are, and you know, with respect to everybody involved here, um, a, a division above you, that's really good preparation. You know, in, in theory, it should, you know, really stand you in good stead for when you play against teams, you know, on your level. That said, you know, I was really lucky to cover the Euro Challenge a couple of months ago, and I was really surprised by Team Japan because, you know, they came flying out of the box against GB and Milton Keynes. Uh, they skated really well. They were very aggressive. Um, they, they gave Great Britain a lot of problems, and it was a very, very close game. And, you know, they're the division below. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's wonderful that, um, you know, you, you play against uh, teams like Latvia, like Hungary, who, like you say, are in the top division because – if, if you're playing against the best, it's, it's going to prepare you for some of the surprises uh, that might come down the road against teams you maybe wouldn't expect that level of hockey from. But look, like I said earlier, you know, we're in the World Championships. No matter, no matter what division you're in, you're playing against the best representatives uh, of that nation. So, you know, you, you're, not going to, uh, you're not going to be playing against, um, you know, average players. You're going to be playing against really good players. Um, and, you know, fortunately, as GB have shown over the last few years, being able to, uh, swing toe to toe with some of those big nations, and we've got some really good players here too, and a really good team. So to finish up, Ed, how do you see the two games against Hungary going this week prior to the, the championship starting? Where do you think GB can shine? Yeah, I I think you know we, we've seen that we can hit teams in transition. Um, I think that was uh, that was a big thing, and I, you know I think I mentioned it earlier when you play against some teams that play a, a heavy puck possession game, and you, you struggle to uh, implement that yourself. That's an area where you can often find success. So ticking the box there, we know that we can do that if we need to. I think what Great Britain will want to do, Craig, is is play a little bit of, uh, of, of their own brand of hockey, you know, control the puck a little bit more in the offensive zone. Um, I, I think maybe to try and work on special teams a little bit, you know, power play, um, got a few outings over the weekend, had some decent looks, but I don't think was able to control the zone as much as they'd have liked. So, you know, if uh, if they're able to get a few man advantages, put some put some time in there, and you know, as you know, special teams can can often decide games. You look at the going back um, against the Latvians in the World Championships last year. You know, they won four to three against us. Three of those goals came on the power play. So, um, I think Great Britain will be uh, wanting to do that. And and I think you know if they're able to put some pucks in the, on the man advantage, that's, gears them up for some success. That's all from this episode of Elite, and I want to extend my thanks to Coventry Blaze and GB commentator Ed Kimberley for his time. We'll get more from the GB camp in the coming days as the World Championships loom into view, so subscribe and download Elite now to catch the latest around the men's national team. Tickets are available for the GB warm-up games against Hungary this Tuesday at Planet MK, face-off 7.30pm, and on Wednesday at the Motorpoint Arena in Nottingham, also a 7.30 start, and you'll find all fixtures and ticket info for the forthcoming games by visiting the Ice Hockey UK website. As for us, you can follow us on Twitter at underscore EliteIH and like Elite Podcast on Facebook. Also, as I say, subscribe and download now from your preferred podcast provider, which includes Spotify, Amazon and Apple, and new episodes will drop as and when they're ready. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon. Elite Hockey, Elite Listening. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 
as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.